y'all this is kobe r rice and welcome back to another not weekly not monthly but quarterly creative achievements update yes i've been away for a while for a very very good reason uh, but i have a lot of fantastic news to report as per usual so we're just going to jump right into it but first the intro i am kobe r rice and welcome back to the epic fantastical journey of a black female sci-fi writer you guys already know me or for those of you who are new i am a novelist of sci-fi and fantasy action and horror and i am also now a theater teacher but that title has been upgraded we're going to talk about that in a second um dramaturg theater director film director or aspiring film director if i can actually like you know get covid out of my face so i can shoot my film um etc 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 dramaturg did i say that already i think i said that already anyway a whole bunch of other things producer as well doing my indie thing as an indie girl in my indie world. And I am back with a lot of things to tell you guys because this year has been insane in the most amazing of ways, even when it comes to my failures. So we're gonna talk about those. Um, but in the meantime, I've just been doing a lot of, you know, moving in silence, which has been working out really great for me. I'm gonna continue to do that but I'm still going to put down those milestones that I feel are appropriate and necessary for people to, and for myself too, to see my growth since the start of my podcast slash blog in November of 2016. Wow, it's really been that long? Okay guys, I'm so sorry. There's like a lot of noise outside. We have a neighbor that just like needs to be seen all the time, even though like nobody wants to see him. <laughs> that was me, but it's true. So don't mind the noise. Actually, the music is pretty good, so you can enjoy that in the background. Um, so let's just jump right into it. I'm kind of like rambling. I don't want to ramble. I want to get right into it. What has been happening in this past quarter? So as you guys know, my quarterly roundups are basically trimesterly roundups that follow the fiscal year of like any typical company. Um, I guess like my enterprise would be the rubber ragdoll empire that I'm trying to build and I'm going to be reporting on the things that I've achieved in Q2 which means the start of April April 1st all the way until the last day of June which is June 30th so let's just jump right into it to be really honest after the gangbusters ass-kicking way that I started achieving a lot of my goals in the first quarter since that time I've actually slowed down quite a bit in terms of like my production, in terms of just how, how hard I'm hitting the pavement with my writing, with my cre creative endeavors, etc. I really needed a break. You guys know, um, or you might know, you might not know, that I think I've been going hard on my TV writing endeavors since October of 2020. So literally from October 1st, 2020, all the way until March 31st, 2021. It has been nothing but me writing television, learning more about television, watching television, editing my, my TV scripts, taking classes, doing some more writing, rewriting, 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 and applying to all these different opportunities, applying to fellowships, applying to or rather submitting to contests um, submitting to job opportunities basically that surround tv writing because that is like my passion aside from novel writing tv writing is like my ultimate passion and what i love to do and 
as of Q1, I started to have some very encouraging preliminary success with TV writing. I actually won my first contest, which is kind of crazy, being that this is the first time ever in my existence that I've ever even submitted to a contest um, or several contests. And I actually won the grand prize in one of them, which has set into motion a whole bunch of wonderful things that I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, and I also have seen both scripts that I've really championed this past six months. I've seen them making headway. They're placing in contests, they're being recognized, um, and they're being developed by um, my own like dramaturgical resources, but by other entities outside of myself as well. One of the contests I won, for example, um, is working with me to further develop my script. Um, actually, both of my scripts, we're going to get into that. Um, and there are some really incredible and exciting opportunities that I've opened up because of my contest win. Um, and I don't think I'm going to actually share that particular opportunity yet until it has manifested. So let's just say that something super exciting is on the horizon for when in Rome. And if that exciting thing manifests, I will come back and update you guys on it. But until then, I'm going to keep it under wraps and just make sure that When in Rome is the best property and intellectual piece of work that I can make it. Okay, I'm going to put it like that. Um, so Q1, lots of success, contest wins, contest placements, um, feedback, other opportunities are sprouting from my contest wins, etc. But then Q2, I really had to slow down and like really do a lot of self-care. Okay, because I was just exhausted. Also, we were still smack in the middle of COVID at that time. And we're still, I was still dealing with a lot of the uncertainties, the pressures, the work, the burdens, etc. of being a person in COVID. That's one. A mother, a single mother in COVID. That's two. With support, but still a single mom. And then three, a teacher during COVID. Okay. Um, you know, again, I think I mentioned in Q in my Q1 roundup that um, teachers are a different type of frontline worker, but we are still frontline workers, right? Um, so Q2 actually saw me going back into the physical space as a teacher to teach and also to proctor and to be a part of like getting not only our own school and the school system in New York, but like getting our country back on track, right? So again, I'm not like equating um, doctors and nurses and surgeons like with myself, but we're all doing our part here, right? Just putting that out there. Just like our retail workers, our government workers were all doing their parts and need to be recognized. Teachers were certainly out here, okay? We were out here alongside the parents, very frustrated parents, might I add, um, trying to make sure that y'all children are educated, okay? And they come out of... The, the pandemic, you know, as prepared as they possibly can for the coming year. Did we succeed? I don't know. I know at our school, we had a great deal of success with that. And so that's actually what the first part of this podcast is going to deal with is talking about teaching. Because honestly, Q2 for me was the season of the theater teacher and my theater teaching career where I saw so much growth, so much success, so many um, positive, wonderful things. And these were all very unexpected developments. So my first massive creative achievement, if we're just going to get right into it, 
was just surviving the first and hopefully last <laughs> full academic year of teaching during a pandemic okay if i had like a little audience clapping you know background sound to throw in there i would but this is not that type of podcast at least not yet okay but teachers we literally went out the day after the last day of school or the perceived last day of school and we just celebrated very vigorously we'll put it that way to kind of keep it cute for the podcast okay but we celebrated um because we made it and our kids made it for the most part and um it wasn't easy (laughs) it wasn't easy we were out here like guerrilla soldiers like literally trying to do our best to retool education for the past year and a half to make sure that our kids are still on point and that they make it to the next grade and that they feel prepared for the next grade and the work is going to continue when we get back into the physical space right um we are definitely like going to be offering review and remedial education alongside the very rigorous and high expectations program that we have in place for our scholars from grades 9 through 12. so just getting through this year has been a miracle. On top of that, I will share this personal piece of news, which I'm super proud of. My kid, due to her own dedication and her own maturity, which had to explode and evolve during the pandemic, alongside my support, her grandmother's support, and her uncle's support, she was able to do so well academically in this past year and a half. And that in and of itself is an achievement, especially when you see just across the nation how many kids weren't doing very well, whether they had support or not. Um, And I'm really proud of my kid. I'm really proud of my kid because even when I couldn't be there during the day, she had learned the schedule, developed her regimen, got up on her own. She's six, by the way, y'all. She is six years old. She's doing out here doing more than some adults (laughs) in terms of regulating her life and her future, okay? She got up, did her thing, went through her classes. When she needed help, she would call me. Or if she needed help, she would talk to her uncle or her grandma. But we all work, right? So we're all kind of like juggling her and like tossing her back and forth from person to person. Like she gets passed off from me to my grandmother, to her uncle, and whoever's free at the time if they have, you know, the opportunity to help her. Um, she, But for the most part, she was very independent and she did very well. And all I really had to do was just make sure the homework was done, of course, check her homework and check her classwork and just make sure that she didn't miss anything and sit with her and work with her through the things that she didn't understand. But she killed it. And she honestly, the majority of her grades, I think she got, she took, she she has nine classes, which is like insane, right? As a, as a six-year-old, but she's in a charter school. So, you know, that's how they do. Um, I think she got six A's. No, yeah, six A's, A's and A pluses, and I think three, two B pluses and one B. I know that's a little personal. I know that's a little bit too, but I don't care because those grades were so hard earned and hard won. Like, we have to give my little boo her flowers, okay? We're going to do that because she really did it, Um, and she did it in a pandemic. She did it. And it wasn't always easy. She would get up and say, mommy, I don't want to go to virtual school. I want to go to real school. And then she would cry. And she, you know, like it, it was not easy, you know, and she had to really push through those days where sometimes she would have meltdowns. I mean, it was crazy. But collectively, me, her, our family, we worked together to make sure that she stayed on point. And now she's going to the second grade. Unfortunately, 
for some of her classmates, we cannot say the same, and that's unfortunate. Um, but it helps me to understand just how difficult and challenging this year was for many, many, many families and how lucky we were to be able to succeed. But also, we're going to give credit to the hard work that was put in on all sides and the support that she received and also just give credit to who my amazing little child is as a person. So that was a major achievement, teaching and like doing my job and getting back into, you know, going back to the physical space and all the health regulations and stuff like that. Plus making sure she's my little girl survived this full year um, in COVID. Those two things took up the majority of my Q2 time. All right. So in the past, I would have lamented not spending as much time on my creative work, but um, this is creative work. We're literally like growing little human beings and that is important work. And that is work that deserves the attention and the time that it requires, which means that sometimes you have to put other things on the back burner and that's okay. That's okay because it's a worthy cause in and of itself, but it's also okay because as I said, your girl was tired. Okay. By the time I got to T2, uh, excuse me, Q2, I was super tired um, and needed a break from my writing anyway. So focusing on teaching and on my child and her success and my other 150 kids' success, because they're all my babies, okay, my, my students, um, that was the major push for Q2. So we're going to keep it real. That was my major push and my major achievement for Q2. However, okay, your girl has some great news to report because the hyper focus on making sure we finish the year strong turned out well not only for my kids but also for my future prospects um i did not mention this on the blog because like again moving in silence and also um just out of respect for my current um job and my current employer um i actually had achieved another position as a film teacher at a different school during the pandemic um, and i was planning to move on from my current space to the new school however um much to my massive and very pleasant happy surprise when i informed my um leadership that i would be moving on they actually ended up counter offering which I did not expect. And it was so amazing and pleasant and wonderful. Um, and it turns out that not only am I staying at my current um, location, at my current school, but that I'm also going to be one, the department chair and head for the entire electives department. So I'll be basically the theater teacher over the theater department, music department, and also the PE department. So I'll be the lead on that. And I'm also going to be serving as the um, grade level chair for the 11th grade, which if any of you have any kids in um, high school or just brothers or sisters or nieces or nephews, or just have gone through it yourself, you know the 11th grade is the most pivotal year for any student coming up who is applying to college. So we have to do Regents if you're in New York. Anywhere you would have to do the SAT. So we have to focus on that for this year teacher recommendations, making college lists, making sure that these kids are going to do their college tours. Um, and I'll be working very closely, of course, with the college access team to be making that happen. 
as well as running our weekly town halls, setting the agendas and making sure that the rest of my teaching team, the other 11th grade teachers who are on my team, just making sure that um, we're all doing what we're supposed to do, we're in line, we're on point, and we are being effective as a team for the 11th graders that we serve. So basically your girl got two promotions, um, which is crazy and I love it. But the most exciting part about this is that the, oh my God, I'm so excited. The most exciting part about this is that I am now able to transform the theater curriculum at our school into a theater, film, and television curriculum, which is so incredible and so amazing. And I just cannot wait to be able to bring all of these artistic skills and perspectives and just activities and hands-on creative endeavors to my scholars. I'm just so excited. We're gonna have um, so many amazing projects. I've already completed the basically year-long what we call scope and sequence for my scholars. A scope and sequence is basically when you plan out what each week is going to focus on in a, in a specific class. So if you're a math teacher, you're going to say week one is subtraction, week two is addition, week three is division, week four is multiplication, etc. For me, being the theater, film, and now TV teacher and the head of that department, um, my scholars are going to, going to be getting a hybrid education of theater with film and television as well. So we'll be doing theater shows, mini productions that are handled in class. Um, they're going to learn everything they need to know about how to engage in stagecraft and be a part of the theater realm and everything they need to know about being a part of film and television, which includes writing, pre-production, of course, production. So they're actually going to get their hands on cameras and shoot their own commercials and one minute and five minute films, depending on their grade level. Um, and they're going to also be involved in post-production and a little bit of marketing and PR because we're going to have to advertise our endeavors in class to the rest of the school and to the rest of the network and so we're going to talk about graphic design marketing maybe some blogging maybe some you know mailing list stuff depending on how deep we go with it but we're going to basically get an a to z um introduction they're going to get one rather to the world of theater film and television and um the most exciting part about that because it's already exciting is that it's diff the curriculum is differentiated by grade level. So ninth graders get a specific curriculum, 10th graders get a different curriculum, and 11th and 12th graders get the top curriculum. And um, their challenges get more challenging as they get higher in their, um, in their theater and film studies. And um, the projects get more intense and involved. So, um, but it doesn't matter what level they're at um, they will come out having done some type of theater production and some type of film project by the end of the year. Because the entire focus of this theater, film, and television endeavor is to help my scholars build creative and artistic portfolios that they can use to apply to colleges if they want to go to conservatories, if they want to go to film schools like NYU or what have you on the undergrad level, if they want to be actors, producers, directors, they now have some kind of solid 
uh, foundation and proof that they are capable of doing so in many teams within our classes. So I cannot express to you how amazing this quarter has been with regard to education, teaching, and just like my career as a theater teacher. And I'm just so excited to be able to bring all of these things to my kids because the arts is usually the first to go when it comes to um, public education in underserved communities, in black and brown communities, um, as well as recess and all the things that actually attract kids to school. They X us, they like basically cancel us, okay? Um, and the fact that I'll be able to bring an even deeper, more comprehensive, um, you know, more multidimensional experience to my scholars um, is amazing. A lot of these kids, you know, have never had the opportunity to hold a film camera and be a director or to write a piece and then see it unfold on a stage or on a set. And I just am so excited to be able to partner with my current school to give them that experience. So right now your girl is researching grants and writing grants so that we can get some either loan cameras or just get like, you know, maybe $15,000, $20,000 to get a couple of, not a couple, maybe like four or five cameras, um, as well as maybe three, hopefully four, IMAX so that I can build in a little office at our school a, um, a camera lab, right? And so once my scholars are able to shoot um, and wrap their mini film productions, they'll be able to then go to the lab and use um, film editing software such as Premiere Pro, Avid, um, etc., DaVinci, whatever people want to use um, to create their final film product. My ninth graders this year will be working on 30 second commercials. So they're gonna actually write, they're gonna develop, write, shoot, and edit their own 30 second commercials. My 10th graders will be working on one minute film. So we have a whole unit wherein we're gonna be discussing, watching, um, screening one minute films through one minute film festivals because, oh my gosh, a one minute film that is done well will really punch you in the stomach and be fantastic. So they are going to be focusing on honing their craft, basically in terms of how to put together a one minute film all the way from concept to the finished product. And then my most advanced students when they get to the 11th and 12th grades who will have had the training from their ninth and 10th grade experiences those um, scholars will then be in charge of putting together an entire five minute film slash five minute scene. So if you come to my school as a ninth grader, you will have so much experience in production, directing, acting, writing, and then putting on a final product or screening a final, final product. Um, and that is for theater, film, or television. We're also gonna do some mini broadcasting projects for those scholars who really wanna get into journalism. So I'm gonna see if we can maybe have um, a collaborative uh, project with either the English department at our school or the sociology class at our school so that we can create a sort of journalism project so that we can get into broadcasting. We already have um, our news anchor team, which was established by, um, who, who is now our current AP and I think one of our dream coaches, which is great. 
Um, and the news anchor team is amazing. And I would love to um, give some assistance with that for scholars who are interested in being a part of journalism and broadcasting. So when I say that this Q2 has been incredible in terms of other aspects of life that have not really much to do with my personal writing success, I mean that with every fiber of my being, all right? It has been amazing. And I cannot wait until um, the fall of this year to step into my new roles and especially to develop and execute this new theater, film, and TV program. So if you want to see some black and brown and beautifully melanated young people really using media to amplify their voices, like my school is the place to be, okay? And also, if you want to help us out a little bit, um, by by contributing to our like camera fund or our computer lab fund, you can just email me below. Let me know. Say hey, I want to help. Okay, <laughs> your girl will be running the little GoFundMe for the school at the same time that I will also be writing grants and things of that nature. I don't really like to beg on my podcast or on my blog, but I feel like it's relevant. Um, and this is not really for me. This is for the kids. So we could talk about that. Okay. Guys, it's thunderstorming, which is fantastic because it has been super, super hot today. So, yay. I love thunderstorms. This is great. All right, let's move forward. So that was the majority of Q2, but what else have I gotten done? Oh, that was 25 minutes. I've been running my mouth. Let's go. So self-care and my hobbies, rejuvenation, have also been major foci for this Q2. All right? So because I was engaging in a lot of career work, etc., I actually, when I had some downtime, I did a lot of relaxing, okay, <laughs> sleeping. And then I also, of course, spent a lot of time with friends, with family, which is very important. <laughs> I value friends and family. I value spending time with them. Um, even if we're just sitting in the same room kind of doing our own thing, like, I love it. You know, let's do more of it. I love it especially after COVID, we need that. Um, and we actually ended up getting out a little bit more, maybe sort of more towards the month of June, um, because I just wanted to start breaking us back into, you know, living. <laughs> so we did like a lot of um, great uh, excursions around the city in the month of June. And I was here for it, I loved it. But for me personally, I spent a lot of time painting. And me, like a crazy person, I actually ended up buying 20 plus more paint by numbers kits <laughs> which are now sitting in a bag in my room and i'm like oh child it's gonna be a while before this gets finished i'm dead um but i am working on two right now i'm trying to kind of get that back down to one um because you know focus is important but um painting has become a major part of my life Thanks, thanks to COVID, honestly. Um, I probably would have never gotten into it had, you know, we not been home all day and I didn't need something to calm my nerves. So um, that has been a really fantastic mindfulness activity that honestly really calms me down and keeps me sane and, and present and, and together. So I really appreciate that. Um, let's see. I also celebrated my birthday and I also did a little bit of traveling, which at this point, no shade, I don't really recommend because the airlines oh, kind of don't have it together quite yet. Just going to put that out there. Okay. They're still trying to figure out, you know, how to get back into the groove. 
um, having five hour layovers and things of that nature. So I'm just putting that out there. That was very frustrating. But let's get to the real tea, all right? And the real tea is, because I know this is what you guys want to hear, what has happened with my writing? Even though I've been taking a break, things are still happening. Things are still happening in Colby's world, okay? So for TV writing contests and the opportunities and fellowships I've applied to, this quarter was actually a very humbling quarter because I got my first major slew of rejections, okay? rejection after i got like 20 rejections from all the fellowships i applied to like for example circle of confusions fellowship uh, what else did i apply to the mentorship matters program i got rejected from uh the imat no not imagine the impact slash skydance elevated sci-fi thing i got rejected from although i knew i was going to get rejected because I should have submitted my script, my script Ezekiel to that one, but I just didn't have time, so I submitted When in Rome instead, which is not an, which is not an elevated, grounded sci-fi fiction. It's very much like super out there cyberpunk, but that's okay. Um, also got rejected from the Film Independent Scholarship, the Warner Media slash HBO Access Fellowship, like any fellowship that I apply to. I think I told you guys that I got rejected from the Sesame Street Fellowship as well. Any that I applied to um, that whose results came back in Q2 got rejected, okay? So that was humbling. Um, and that's what I actually needed to kind of have. Like, I needed to see where my writing is, right? And I needed to understand where I stood. Um, and I pretty much got the feedback that I expected to get being like a first time going out there, you know, putting myself out there. Um, so that was my first round of real rejections. Of course I was sad, but like rejection is a part of being a writer. So, you know, you take a day off or two and you reflect and then you get up and you keep moving, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you keep applying. So then I applied to nine more TV writing programs um, and fellowships and contests including the Walt Disney ABC TV writing program. Um, I feel actually very, very confident in that application. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to get it, but I know that I put together a really good application. Um, like I felt like, oh, this is like, this feels authentic. This feels real. This feels in alignment. So if I don't get it this year, that's totally fine, actually. Um, you just reapply next year with new material, a new perspective, and that's it. But um, I did feel like, what I, do, what I can say is that the applications and the contests and the fellowships I submitted to, I know that I did the best work that I could at this point in my career. This time next year, I'll look back at those applications and at those, um, those scripts and I'll be like, mm-mm. Like, I'll say, oh, this is great like at heart, but I could have trimmed this, I could have cut out that, I should have added this, I should have added that. I know I'll have that perspective next year. But um, honestly, having a perspective and growing as a writer, frankly, just takes time and practice. And I'm just not there yet. So I'll come back next year and let you guys know how I feel about what I submitted this year. But as for what I'm doing now, this is the best that I could have done with the skills that I have and the time that I had. Um, and I'm proud of what I've done. However, with failure, there is always a silver lining, okay? And I actually was able to 
succeed in many areas. <laughs> I got a lot of rejections, but your girl also got a lot of awards and recognition. So let's just run that down. One, I won a $2,500 fellowship to Jeff Gordon's Writers Boot Camp. Um, which is great. So I have been able to now um, basically join this boot camp for free, which has been fantastic, and work on my upcoming pilot, Surrogate, which I am really, really excited about. But I'm also really, really stuck on. I'm not really sure what it is that's bothering me about this pilot or about whatever. I don't know, but I'm a little stuck, and it's just at the point where I just have to power through and write a really, really crappy draft of it. And then I can kind of work backwards and like make it make sense. I'm stuck, but I got paid to be stuck. <laughs> Not paid like in my hand, but basically like I'm stuck for free. Because other people who are taking this class, you know, they had to pay. I didn't have to pay, thankfully, because I won the fellowship with my pitch for surrogate. So that was a major success on my part. Um, the other major, major success, as I said earlier in the podcast, you hear the thunder out there. As I said earlier in the podcast, my win of the Right Movies uh, 2021 Winter Screenwriting Competition um, was an amazing opportunity. I won the grand prize, and I won the grand prize with the script when in Rome. Since then, the good, wonderful people at the contest, the director, the people who are in charge, they are now finding opportunities for my work to flourish. They are invested in the future of When in Rome and are guiding me to getting my script to the level wherein I'd be eligible for those opportunities. That's the most I can say about that. I do want to say there's a super exciting opportunity on the horizon that I do want to take advantage of and I'm working on that now. Um, basically developing my script for a specific opportunity right now. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. But I do want to express my deep gratitude um, and just I'm very humbled and flattered that someone sees a future from my work. You know, a lot of contests say, here's some money, here's some classes, here's some people, good luck, um, which is great. I know no shade to, to those kinds of um, prizes and rewards, but the fact that someone is actively trying to help me shepherd my work into different opportunities is really phenomenal. And I am endlessly grateful for that. Um, so I'm going to be taking advantage of that. Uh, so yeah, that is another major opportunity and award that I received in Q2. I also am pleased to report that my script Ezekiel won the Sci-Fi and Fantasy Award at the rightmovies.com uh, website or the contest rather um, and yeah it's like I guess I'm, I to be honest I completely forgot that I submitted this script <laughs> for this award I've just been clicking enter and send on like every single opportunity okay your girl's been kind of cray cray but I did enter my script into the sci-fi and fantasy award contest and actually ended up winning the award out of all the scripts that were submitted um, and so uh, every single script that is entered into that contest is also entered into the spring 2021 screenwriting contest. And my script Ezekiel placed as a quarter finalist in the spring 2021 screenwriting contest at writemovies.com. So that's two 
more accolades for Ezekiel that I can add to my resume because Ezekiel, as I think I announced to you guys last quarter, also made the quarter finalist list for the Screencraft Screenwriting Fellowship. So now Ezekiel has three accolades, at least under its belt, and I hope that it will get more as um, more contest results come back. My script went in Rome, which won the grand prize for the Write Movies Winter 2021 Screenwriting Contest. That's one accolade. Also then placed as a quarter finalist in the We Screenplay 2021 Diverse Voices Screenwriting Lab. All right, so that's fantastic. <laughs> I I, I'm super excited that both of my scripts are getting positive feedback from different like areas of the industry at different echelons, right? So it's now officially in the running for the Diverse Voices Screenwriting Lab. Um, and this is a huge one. When in Rome made the second round of the Launchpad pilot competition for this year, which is run by the tracking board, which is a major, major competition. So as you can imagine, with these accolades under the belts of my scripts, I am feeling so excited and rejuvenated and lucky and blessed. And I don't know how to describe it. It's just like coming out, being that this is my first year, like that is for me a phenomenal achievement, right? That's, that's just how I feel about that. Um, and it just gives me a lot of hope and encouragement to just keep going. Um, and, you know, I, I read a blog recently about how screenwriters shouldn't really get too excited about, you know, making quarter finalists and second rounds and things of that nature. And I get that. I understand that, you know, and I respect that perspective. However, I'm going to get excited and I'm going to celebrate my wins because one, this is my first time out of the gate. Two, I think we should all celebrate whatever wins we get because nobody really understands the circumstances under which you had to secure that win. You know what I'm saying? When I was writing, when I was writing When in Rome, my life was insane. And I'm talking about my personal life outside of my creative life and my career. Like there were a lot of really horrible, treacherous, painful, terrifying things, to be honest with you, happening in my personal life. And for me, writing was a refuge. Writing was a refuge. Same thing with Ezekiel. Writing that and like during the rewriting process, writing was a refuge, you know? Um, and so the fact that these two scripts that have like individually, quietly, silently seen me through some of the worst parts of my life, the fact that these scripts are now being recognized on some level in the industry is a big deal and I'm gonna celebrate it. Even if they don't move anywhere past the second round or the quarterfinals, I'm gonna celebrate it because the circumstances under which my work happens and is executed were very, very treacherous, you know? Um, and again, no shade to anybody else's struggle, but someone who has an easy, smooth path to walk through, 
who produces top quality work because that's all they have the time to do. That's all they do. And that's all they have to worry about. That's a whole different bag of, of things. It's a whole different journey than someone who can still produce top quality work and get recognition when they, when the world's against them, you know, I'm being a little dramatic with the world against them part, but it felt like that. Okay. Um, someone who has had to walk a rocky road with, no shoes versus someone who can walk a paved road with sneakers one person is going to get more like accolades for walking that five miles over glass than the person who walked five miles with sneakers and a paved road like it's just you walk the same distance but your journey wasn't the same bro you know what i'm saying so i'm not trying to put myself above anyone i'm just taking it back to the point that like what might seem like not a win or what might seem like a minor win to someone might be a major win to you depending on the means by which that win came and what you had to go through to get that win. So <laughs> having said that, I am going to celebrate my little quarter finalist, um, you know, accolade. And I'm going to continue to push my work and continue to hope that I can make it further up the ladder. And if I don't, that is totally fine because what that shows me is that I, whether I am the best out here or not, I'm definitely not, I still am on the right track. All the accolades and the recognition and the awards and the prizes I've received are appropriate for my, I'm gonna wait for that to pass. <laughs> All the accolades I've received are appropriate for my time in the industry. I am a baby writer. I stepped out in baby shoes. I get, quote, baby awards and baby recognition. It's okay if I'm not winning Tracking B or Nichols or Script Pipeline or any of the other big competitions my first time out of the gate. Why do I have to do that in order to feel like I'm successful and I'm a good writer? I can start off as a novice, get, quote, novice wins, and then come back and do better next year, right? So to all of you who are listening to this, all 12 of you, <laughs> all 12 of you who are listening to this, please celebrate your wins. Please recognize that when you win something or, you know, like you place somewhere that is an external validation of your work, which ultimately you can't rely on, but you can certainly use as a measurement of how others see your work. And then you can use that as a stepping stone and foundation to do even better and to garner more opportunities in the future. I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting an incredible, amazing opportunity right now as a beginning and novice writer just off of winning the grand prize in uh, a, a contest that you know is not you know it's not considered to be nickels or what have you but i love it and it's that contest though that is that has been the most impactful for my career thus far it's that contest that has opened the doors to a potential opportunity that could be life-changing you know what i'm saying so it's not always about being, you know, the big fish in like the most recognized ponds all the time because all fish got to eat. <laughs>
all fish gotta eat. And if I'm eating in my small little pond, then I'm happy. And when I'm ready to go to the bigger ponds, quote unquote, so to speak, then I'll do that. I'm super excited though, um, just about everything. So I think now when in Rome has four accolades and Ezekiel has three accolades. Um, and I am super proud of that and excited for that. So that is my major big news on my update for my writing career thus far. To kind of wrap things up, like I said, most of my successes have been in my teaching career and my day job. Um, and then I have those follow-up successes for my writing. But in terms of my portfolio and creative uni, so this quarter has been decent for my portfolio. Like I said, I slowed down on the writing, but that doesn't mean that writing has not been happening. It has, okay? So I did do two rewrites, one rewrite of the Ezekiel pilot and then another rewrite of the When in Rome pilot. I got notes back from my incredible dramaturg, Claire Zhuang, um, and I'm gonna credit her with basically her feedback has been allowing me to just get more and more awards and more recognition. Um, so I'm about to like, if you want, if you're listening to this and you want somebody to develop your work, at the very least in terms of helping you get some contest wins, she is the person to go to. Let me know if you want her information. I will give you her email and you can certainly write her a check, hit her up on the cash app, PayPal, so that she can take your work and turn it into gold. All right. That's another kind of, um, not even hint, but like a major tip that I would give as a writer. You need to have a team behind you. All right. Um, somebody who's reading your work and giving you feedback and developing it, who is not you. Um, and soon... I'm gonna expand that team from my dramaturg and script reader to getting a coach, probably Lee Jessup. I'm super excited about that. But that will probably happen more towards the end of the year when I feel like I'm ready to like have a coach, you know? So um, her feedback has been amazing. She gives some like, like literally like 10 pages of notes and also like an amazing in-depth, you know, we had like an hour and a half to two hour conversation. Um, and it was great. Like I have so many directions and things that I have to act on with her notes. I had to put it to the side <laughs> and just say, okay, I'm gonna do this a little bit later when I had the energy because you just gave me so much to do um, and everything that you said is right. So I have to just like take my time and wait, you know, just wait to execute, but I'm gonna execute. I also started working on um, the Mandalorian TV spec script. I honestly did not apply to CBS or WB's TV fellowship programs this year because frankly, as much as I love The Mandalorian, I didn't feel like writing a spec. <laughs> I just not, I just did not feel like writing it. Um, I got, I like, I literally studied and broke down the entire um, two season series. Like, I have like an actual Excel sheet, word documents of like character breakdowns, scene breakdowns, dialogue breakdowns. Like, I had the structure of The Mandalorian and the dialogue and the characters down to a T. I just did not feel like writing an episode. I was just so tired. I was like, okay, I had this breakdown. I can come to, you know, next season. So we're going to do that next season. In the meantime, I had my breakdown. I did a skeleton outline for the spec that I would write. And then I wrote a little bit 
uh, for the first draft of the Mandalorian spec and then I said I'm tired and I put it away and I decided to apply to CBS and WB next year okay your girl just did not feel like doing a spec I was tired <laughs> um, but as I mentioned to you guys before I'm, I'm also working on uh, the surrogate TV pilot through Jeff Gordon's writers boot camp course so I have continued my outline process of that pilot and I'm also in the middle of writing a rough draft uh again i am struggling with it i'm not really sure why but like it's just kind of been like a barrier but i'm gonna get through it and i'll let you guys know after the fact of what the tea was on that i'm not really sure what the tea is right now um <laughs> but i'm working on that i've been working on that um what has been going swimmingly well has been me uh continuing the outline for the asylum tv pilot that i am writing and that i'm developing uh through script anatomy's televisionary course so that's been really great. And I actually had no problem from the beginning outlining the Asylum pilot. I was struggling with Act 4, but I am no longer struggling with Act 4. And now I am kind of restarting the outlining process, not from scratch, but just going through from beginning to end and filling in all the spots that I need to fill in. So that by the time I sit down to do a draft, everything is outlined and all my scenes are beat out, etc. Because that's really when I would like to sit down and write a TV pilot is when that is really planned out. Luckily, thankfully, because of the When in Rome project that I did for my master's degree um, in 2018, 2019, I had spent a lot of time developing a TV pilot development and writing process that now all I do is replicate it. Um, because I've been taking Jen Grisanti's classes her writing the, the a TV pilot that sells course, the StoryWise tele-seminar course, and because I'm also now in the televisionary course, my outlining process now incorporates different elements of those courses and those tools. So whenever I gain a new tool, I like to go back to the beginning of a project and reincorporate that tool and use it to flesh out the project even more. And so that's what I've been doing with Asylum. I developed my process for outlining a TV pilot in 2018, 2019. Then I took Jen Grisanti's courses, which are incredible. So that's gonna be incorporated into developing Asylum. And then the televisionary course, pilot development and outlining process is also going to be um, reintegrated to the outlining process for Asylum. It actually already has been reintegrated. Um, and so that's what I'm sort of working on right now is just making those three different courses of study and perspectives come together seamlessly, right? And um, have them, you know, just make Asylum the best pilot it can be before I sit down and start writing the majority of the rough draft. Now, I have written quite a bit of the rough draft and it is quite good what I have thus far, but starting from the beginning of the outlining process will just make it all the better, right? Um, and then that super special project that I'm not talking about that was offered to me by the Write Movies contest that I won, I'm also working on that as well. As well as um, I was also engaging in quite a bit of like marketing um, for Q2 as well in terms of I had to develop um, a one-page pitch for When in Rome and for Ezekiel so that the contest that I won can help market my script to the industry, which is great. So I did that. And then, um, excitingly, I got offered 
uh, a live interview with the director of the Right Movies contest about my grand prize win for their winter contest. So I'm going to be interviewing or be I will be interviewed by the director of the Right Movies contest. His name is Ian Kennedy. And I'm going to include a link below to um, a description of what the interview is going to be about and the time and the place and where you can like tune into the interview. It will be July 15th. I don't know exactly what time. I'm pretty sure. I think it's going to be 12 noon Eastern, 5 p.m. GMT slash London time, I believe. <laughs> I have to double check. Um, and I will post it all below. But like I said, Right Movies, their contest has really been hyping me up and really been developing me and all these wonderful things and they've just been so supportive of me and my career and this is just another example of how amazing this contest is um and the kinds of things they will do to increase like your publicity your impact um and to also like you know fortify their brand and what they're trying to do on their end so once again all wins are wins and um this has been the most incredible impactful experience that I've had in terms of my writing being shepherded, developed, and showcased to the industry and to the world. And I am endlessly grateful. So guys, it has been a gangbusters uh, Q2. All right. Unfortunately, I didn't get as much uh, reading or creative uni done as I wanted to, but I did reread Beyond Screenwriting, again, by Sterling Anderson, which is a great book. And of course, as you guys know, I have been sitting Jeff Gordon's Writer's Bootcamp and Script Anatomy's Televisionary course. Um, and those have been really, really impactful in helping me to push my work further. Um, but that's basically it, y'all. Um, yeah, I'm super amped. This, basically what's coming up, if you guys are interested in what I'm going to be doing for Q3, I essentially am going to aim to... <laughs> publish the fourth book of the books of Ezekiel, which is called Fraternity. I want to finish a full outline of the fifth book of Ezekiel called Hollow Point. And I'm going to push myself to finish and publish that as well for Q3, but we'll see. I also am going to be publishing a paperback version of a novel that I already have out that has only been available via ebook. That not It's not really a novel. It's a novella called The Camille. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just finally want to bring it into the paperback and audiobook space. So I'm excited about that, especially because I'm going to be continuing the story through Kindle Vela, which is a new platform specifically for serialized series, which is basically what I have been waiting for for years. Because so many of my properties are actually television properties, but in novel and prose form aka serials so the camille which is a femme punk cyberpunk techno thriller serial um is going to have new life through kindle vela as of january 2022 but prior to that i want to reinvigorate interest in the current story that's out there the first episode which is available via ebook and will also become available by a by a paperback and hopefully audiobook by the end of the year so we're going to do that and super excitingly, I have been talking about When in Rome so much in the TV pilot form, but you guys will finally be able to experience When in Rome 
in a serialized novel format because I will be releasing the episodes, the first episode at the very least, divided into smaller episodes through Kindle Bella. So if you are wondering what all the fuss is about with regards to winning Rome, why is it winning so many awards? Why is it so um, well liked in, in a lot of the contests it's been in? You will get to experience that yourself because I am transforming my TV pilot into a prose version, into the serialized novel version, into a serial series version, all right? So um, that will be available starting tomorrow, snap! It will be available starting tomorrow, the very first episode um, of When in Rome, you guys will be able to read it for free on Kindle Vela. Now, my episode is scheduled to publish tomorrow, but Kindle Vela as a platform, I have no idea when it's going to open to the public. Your girl is just out here trying to get as many stories from when in Rome on the Vela platform as humanly possible, as quickly as possible, and that's that. So my first installment of When in Rome, it's going to be available for, on my end, on Wednesday the 7th, which is tomorrow. But as for when Kindle Bella is going to let you read it, who knows? <laughs> so if you're interested in staying on top of that news and being the first to like be able to read the first installment of When in Rome free, make sure you join my mailing list so that you know when that serial is coming out. All right. So just to give you like a quick intro before I go, the TV pilot itself is super long. It's 75 pages, all right? Way longer than industry standard, y'all, okay? Way too long. However, that 75 pages has given me about 20 episodes, 20 mini episodes um, that will be available to you guys through Kindle Bella so that you guys can experience the TV pilot but in prose form, okay? So it's a lot. <laughs> And uh, this is going to be probably the longest serial ever. <laughs> because When in Rome, as you guys already well know, is an adaptation through Shakespeare's point of view of Roman history. All right, I'm taking Shakespeare's four Roman history plays, Titus Andronicus, Julius Caesar, Antony and Cleopatra, and Coriolanus. I'm combining his work with actual Roman history and I am adapting it to a cyberpunk context, cyberpunk genre. So it's lots of action, lots of big world building, just lots of ass kickery. Um, William Shakespeare himself shows up in the series as Billy Bard. He's an investigator detective, spy, who's also trying to build his career, make his bones off of what he, off the chaos and the drama that he's seeing in Rome. So this is a huge world with a very long timeline. We get to see Rome from basically from like when Caesar is in, is coming to power all the way until the fall of the Western Roman Empire. All right. So it's going to be a very long serial. And I hope that you guys are in for the ride and for the long haul. And at certain points throughout me publishing this serial, I will turn these serialized episodes into 
actual novels that are like serialized novels. So for those of you who want to like buy the paperback or enjoy the audiobook versions, you guys will be able to do that um, because they will be available in those formats. But of course, I'm waiting on Kindle Bella to like let us know what the T is when it comes to turning a Bella story into an audiobook or paperback because it's still very new. So I hope that you guys, just like with Books of Ezekiel and how that's going to be a long saga, I hope you guys are in the mood for a lot of high-octane, delicious, cyberpunk, ass-kickery, bad-assness, um, women being awesome, um, people being shady, people being dramatic, gangs and, you know, cyberpunk gangs just coming at each other. It's going to be fire. All right, I'm super excited about that. So stay tuned, okay? Camille's coming out in paperback. When in Rome is coming out as a serialized novel series on Vela. Um, I'm also trying to publish the next two novels of the books of Ezekiel, Fraternity and Hollow Point. And that is basically going to be the push for Q3. Um, but the other push, which is the most important push, is me just chilling and trying to have as much fun as humanly possible because the city of New York has opened back up as of July 1st. And um, it's my summer and it's been a very long year and I am ecstatic to be able to enjoy my summer, my very well-deserved, hard-earned summer as a teacher, writer, business owner slash builder. And so um, there's going to be like a lot of chilling, a lot of self-care, and I'm here for every piece of it. I'll also be hearing back just to kind of close things out. Oh my goodness, I'll be hearing back from at least 20 opportunities that I've submitted when in Rome and Ezekiel to for this contest season. Oops, I hit the mic, sorry. So um, as of the end of this Q3, you guys will be getting an update as to which contest I placed in, which ones I won, if any, and which rejections I got, all right? So um, I, just to give you a quick preview, I'm getting semi-finalist news from the Diverse Voices Fellowship from We Screenplay. The Screencraft Sci-Fi and Fantasy competition is going to be getting back to me. Actually, both of those are going to be getting back to me tomorrow. Um, the, the big contest, the Page International Screenwriting Awards, quarterfinalist news will be coming back on the 15th. Um, I'm going to get semi-finalist news for the Right Movies Spring 2020 Screenwriting Contest on the 16th. Humanitas New Voices will let us know what's going on with them on the 19th. The Genre Screenplay Competition will be getting back to me on semi-finalists on the 20th. Um, I'm going to get finalist news if I'm still in the running for the Diverse Voices Fellowship at uh, We Screenplay. Scriptapalooza, their fellowship, is just going to announce the winner just flat out on July 22nd. And then... Um, the writemovies.com spring screen screenwriting contest will be announcing their winner um, on July 30th. So that's all just in the month of July, okay? Not to mention, we have the Scriptapalooza TV writing competition coming up in August. Um, the Impact and uh, Skydance Elevated Horror opportunity coming back in August as well. Um, the Tracking B contest. And their winners and finalists is coming back in August, on August 31st, which is going to be super exciting. Austin Film Festival is coming at us September 15th. Uh, and then we're going to get an update from Page International September 15th as well, or at least by that date. And then Slam Dance is coming at us um, for quarter finalists and semi-finalist news the 21st and the 28th. 
So there's like 20 different opportunities that I'm hearing back from because I entered both of my scripts in all of them and I'll let you guys know where I failed and where I, where I fell. So that's it, y'all. It's getting a little long. I am tired. I'm going to go eat <laughs> and chill and watch the rest of Crazy Rich Asians. Great movie. And I will see you guys next quarter. Um, I'm here actually during the summertime, so you might see me a little bit more often during the summer, but no promises because your girl is chilling, okay? I hope that um, you found something here that is encouraging to you, and I hope that you yourself keep writing. Keep writing, keep creating, keep it indie, and I will speak to you guys next time. Mwah! Bye!